I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. award-nominated, honorably-mentioned, number nine NCAA-ranked, and of course, viewable on YouTube, and hashtag up to something, Outside the Box Podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB, it's Deej, not coming at you from Underground Studios for either of us. Uh, as you can see, my background's different. It looks like I'm in Guantanamo Bay right now. Um, I just want to give a big hearty F you to Xfinity, to Comcast, um, the internet provider, because um, currently at Casa de Bennett and at Underground Studios, we don't have internet. Um, haven't had it for 48 hours now, and not going to have it potentially until about like anywhere between 12 and 2 o'clock on Friday. So that's going to be an absolute doozy for the boy. Um, so shout out to my cousin and her entire family for letting me crash in their basement to uh, bang out podcast recordings and production today because uh, we need internet to run an internet company. And that's uh, kind of imperative. So if the internet is a little laggy, I am in a basement. Um, so if I look a little pixelated uh, while you're watching this on YouTube, I do apologize. Um, and hopefully... By next episode, we'll be back to regular accommodations. Uh, but before we get into everything, before we recap Albany, before we recap the NLL season as a whole, because we have a new defending champion, not defending really, but we have crowned a new champion, make sure you guys are following us on the socials. It is so important this week in particular because we are hashtag up to something at OTB Laxpod, Twitter, Instagram. Follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really does go a long way for helping the show continue to grow. Helps more people find OTB. Helps more people find our company, Underground Sports Philadelphia. And helps us do more awesome stuff that we want to do for you guys, with you guys, and all of the above. So go subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend, wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this podcast every week, every podcast on our network. You get clips, shorts, live streams. You're going to get 
a championship weekend vlog hopefully very soon that had to get delayed a little bit because no internet um but that should be up on the youtube channel very very soon so i apologize for the delay and um Everything video-wise from our company goes on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're trying to get to 600 subscribers before the end of June, currently at 511. We need 89 more of you to go subscribe. So do the dang thing, go subscribe, and go get your merch. PHI Apparel Company, they're the best in the game. There's no doubt in our minds you're going to stand out in the crowd when you're rocking merch from PHI Apparel Company. They're the exclusive home to Underground Sports Philadelphia merch. Go get your OTB merch. We want to see people all summer long wearing Outside the Box podcast merch at PLL Weekends. Tag us when you get it. Tag PHI Apparel Company as well. And when you go to check out phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% of any and all merch orders. That's how they know you're coming from us. That's how we get you know recognition from our awesome merch partners. So go use that code underground for 10% off any and all merch from PHI Apparel. Dot C-O. Deej, what's popping? I'm going to breathe now. I'm living good, man. Like, honestly, in the lacrosse world, things are going well. We're back to summer ball. High school ball is completely over for me. A couple of my boys got honorable mention in conference. And um, you are speaking to the music. Too. Do I need to hit the music? Do I need to hit the music? I, I think you need to hit the music. You are talking to the conference coach of the year. Let's go. Got a lot of respect this year uh, for, for bringing out boys uh, and how well they played in their heart. So that was exciting to get that award. And and it was, I actually was holding back tears because, dude, I was holding back tears. It was crazy because, like, the way we do it is, we all get together as coaches at a bar. We meet up. We bring all our stats and stuff and talk to each other. We make out all academic. Like, you know, we get our conference awards together. You get to make out that your coaches award voting? <laughs> yeah. It's, we get hot. it's fun, man. <laughs> it's kind of hot. Not going to lie. Talk about we hot boy up. summer. <laughs> We make up the uh, the conference awards and stuff. And then at the end, they they go, all right, coach of the year. And then, you know, people start nominating coaches. I went first, and I just flat out was like, hey, J.D. across the table. He's back-to-back conference champs, undefeated back to, in the conference, back-to-back regional champs. I think it speaks for itself. And then one of the other coaches brought up my name, and then they're like, all right. Time to vote. And then a couple people followed suit with, with what he had to say about me. And I ended up getting enough votes to be coach of the year. So the that was a home of the coach of the year. Coach of the year podcast official. Let's fucking go, bro. So with this, this is uh, by the time most people are listening to this, it's game day Eve. Cause uh, first summer tourney is Saturday. First games at 1 PM. So. I'm I'm ready, man. I'm locked in. We are locked and loaded. We spent 10 days together, and uh, we got to witness the crowning of a new National Lacrosse League champion that's going to start off this episode here nice and easy. The Buffalo Bandits are your 2022-2023 NLL champions. It's powered by our friends over at Loading Lacrosse, which includes 
newly crowned NLL champion Chase Fraser. If you want to be like the pros, if you want to, you know, strap them up like the Tyrell Hammer Jacksons. I don't know if you saw the video, Deej, on Tyrell's Instagram that he posted. The boy out in Vancouver was playing wall ball off of a, a, a giant ferry ship. Just incredible vibe. Like, what a, what a video. It was so sick. Like, it was a moving, like, freight boat. And he was just going at it. I was like, that is so sick. You can oh, check God. out everything they have at LoadingLax.com. It's the boys, Tyrell Hammer Jackson, Mitch Jones, Chase Fraser, Adam Charlambides, and Keegan Ball. Um, they've got amazing merch. You know, we promised you if the Bandits won the championship, we're going to be giving away a Chase Fraser shirt as well. Uh, so we're, we're going to work on the announcement for that. But we have a bigger announcement that we're waiting to get out to the people before we do that. But stay tuned for that giveaway. That will happen. Uh, but check out everything at LoadingLax.com and support the boys as uh, Chase Fraser, Ian McKay, Dane Smith, Josh Byrne, Chris Cluche, Tahoka Nanticoke, TN1, Max Adler, and the rest of those boys, Matt Vince, Coach Tavares. They are the new National Lacrosse League champions. Now, I do have to preface this, while Bandit Social Team still doesn't recognize the boys, we recognize our boys and have to first give hella love to Josh, Dane, Chase, Ian. Those four in particular have been the best of the best to us, have supported us nearly since day one of us even interacting with them. Um, you know, seeing them win a, a PLL championship in 2021 and just the immaculate vibes that, that that chaos team brought. And now to see them get over the, the hill here in the NLL and a championship drought in a city that those guys care so much about um, is so cool. And that also does not fall, you know, short of us shouting out the boy Tahoka as well. I'll get to him. But shout out to our, our chaotic bandit boys. Um, so cool. The one picture of Dane and or of uh, Chase and Ian in the locker room with the trophy. I just showed it to you and I was like, there's nothing more OTB than this. Because yeah. that's the boys right there. And it, it is so cool to see how far we've come on this podcast too, to be like, those are the boys. Like those are the homies winning a title, going out and doing it for a city. Um, I couldn't be happier for those guys. I was thrilled either way that this series would have gone, obviously, because we have homies on, on the Mammoth as well. Um, but to see these guys who genuinely, like, care about us too, going out and winning a championship was, was super cool. And to just see the city of Buffalo um, get, get that chance to celebrate, and they're going to celebrate even more uh, next week. It, it's going to be really awesome to kind of just see all the vibes going on in Buffalo. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier for the homies. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's a long time coming. They, they've been working for that for a while. They've been favorites for that. and They just haven't been able to get over the hump. They've been so close. These games weren't games they were getting blown out in in the finals. Like, they were all tight games. So, like, they knew they had it in them to do it. And, and to finally get over the hump, win those games, and 
especially to do it 13 4 like that's very convincing fashion that was like like i said <clears throat> convince <yeah. laughs> but yeah i mean one Matt Vince played out of his mind the entire series. Even in their loss, he played very, very well. And then, I mean, Dane Smith was nuclear. Was he good? He, was, was he good? Uh, man, was he good? I don't know. Was he good? And then, I mean, Ian. Maybe needed a little he, bit more from Dane Smith. I don't know. <laughs> Ian had himself a, a game in, in, in the first, in game one. He, You know, that was fantastic for him to step up in that way. Um and and shout out to Spanger. I, I called him out in in the pre the pre series pod and what what was needed, and he stepped up big time and really helped Priolo. And look at the the benefit of it. You know, they, I mean, thirteen four in, in that game. It was like I said. I think I I don't know if I said it on pod, but I did tell you I was like, Josh is coming back, and he's gonna play and he's gonna win. I was like, he's not losing this game. I know for a that, fact that I said that so, to you. Like, it made a bound pod. That was so cool to see as well. Like I was just happy that he was healthy enough to play yep. too because that video of the injury looked gruesome and brutal to say Bad. the least. Um, Bad. But also got to give flowers to the boy Tahoka. Like that's a homie through and through has been super supportive of us and like just follow like Tahoka was like the the prospect that when we started this podcast, that's who everybody had their eyes on. It was Tahoka. That was the guy. And to watch his journey, having met him at LaxCon in January of 2020, and, and just how genuine of a human he is, how much he cares about the city of Buffalo. You know, he grew up as a ball boy uh, going to Bandits games. So to see, like, that come full circle for him and just the raw emotion he had after the game, too, um, he's such a genuine human being. And, you know, when he got drafted in 2021 by the bandits, I was bummed because obviously selfishly wanted to see him in Philadelphia because I think he would have fit in with the city and with the culture so much, but Buffalo is the perfect landing spot for him through and through. Um, and to see him perform the way he did on the big stage with the light shining bright, he stepped up in every single game never let his foot off the gas pedal. And I called him out on our, our pre-series pie. I said, if <coughs> the Bandits want to win this thing, Tahoka's got to step up, especially when we found out Josh Byrne was out. Um, and he did just that, and he never stopped. He kept it pushing. And I couldn't be happier for somebody than I am for Tahoka. Um, he's just such a genuine human being. And, and to see that raw emotion in that interview that he gave um, – was just so special and he he deserves this so much all the boys on that squad deserve it so much from our chaotic bandit boys to steve priolo finally getting over the mountain matt vince the whole the whole crew um being able to say that they are now nll champions and for those select guys who are pll and nll champions like that's a unique feat that not many guys get to achieve both of those mountaintops and for them to do it together in both leagues as well is even more unique. Um, so I couldn't be happier for them. It is cool to have, you know, different champions every single year, no matter what the sport is too. So now the bandits have that target on them. You know, everybody's going to be coming for them and giving them even more of their best shot than they were over the past couple of seasons. Uh, third time was the charm for them. 
uh, obviously lost it in 2019 and 2022. So to get over the, that hump in this one and to just see the, the pure joy and elation and seeing the boys out there celebrating uh, in the city, you know, Ian taking the trophy out on the golf course and using it to, to sink a putt was hilarious. Um, it, it's just super cool, especially, like like I said, like knowing a bunch of these guys personally and, and them being so supportive of us and, and seeing them accomplish, like, the mountaintop of what their career achievements are, uh, which is ultimately winning a championship, is, is so cool. It's so special. And uh, when we hopefully see those guys uh, that we will see over the summer in Columbus, can't wait to uh, congratulate them in person. They'll be on the pod sooner than later as well, um, working on getting Ian Chase and, and the rest of those boys on throughout the summer. So stay tuned for those. Um, but another NLL season in the books. As you guys know, the NLL is what gave us our start. So to, to see another you know season come to an end, it's, it's bittersweet, but it was, a, it was a grind of a season. We appreciate everybody who – follows along for our NLL content, which I know there are a lot of people who come to us for NLL coverage. Um, you know, it started all the way back in like October with us just gearing up. And then November came around for the preseason. DG went to your first NLL game this year um, yep. in person. And, yep. you know, there were, there were highs, there were lows. There were a lot of, of player movement, like Mitch Jones ending up in Philadelphia this year was insane. Las Vegas came through uh, and joined the party this year. Panther City making the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. The Mammoth coming oh so close to repeating, this time as a wild card. The Bandits finally breaking their curse. Um, there, there was so many just fun storylines throughout this season, and we can't thank you guys enough as listeners, as viewers, as supporters of this show uh, who come in year in, year out, we want to thank all the teams too that that get behind us that support our content um, because that that truly like elevates everything we're able to do and and gets us into different demographics and stratospheres and um, for all the support across the board anybody who listened to uh, episodes throughout the NLL season we hope you stick with us for the PLL season too if you're new uh, and, and just get ready for. Uh, the summer of OTB because some of the things we are up to that you will be hearing about some of it towards the end of this show um, is going to be fucking crazy and um, just super grateful like this podcast has truly revolutionized our company from day one shout out to the boy Dom as well for uh, you know suggesting we, we start covering lacrosse all the way back in 2018 and uh when we gear up for 2023, 2024, it's year five of OTB, uh, right when the NLL season starts. So, you know, we're going to be doing it big for year five, but very, very appreciative and very, very thankful for everybody uh, who supports this show. And uh, for all of our NLL fans, we thank you for your undivided support and, and just loyalty to this show because it wouldn't be what it is without you guys. Yeah, I mean, this is – Already year three for me, which is crazy. That happened so fast. Um, but it's presented all kind of opportunities. Like I had my uh, summer boss, his son, I was running in my car during practice to grab my hoodie. He goes, I was like, oh, what's up? How are you? He's like, I'm good. Um, I saw you in the PLL video. <laughs> hey, oh. 
And I was like, yeah, sitting next to Mike and Paul. He goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his dad goes. I didn't even know we were in the video. And his dad goes, yeah, we're, we're sitting there. And he goes, hey, that's DJ. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, I'm famous. <laughs> like, the, But the pod is is the big reason of that. And, and that's, you know, people getting behind us from PLL players and Mike and Paul and, and the rest of their media team and, and front office to the NLL, some of their front office and, and front offices in terms of, individual organizations the team and their social teams players yeah which big um, shout out to the wings and the riptide obviously because they're two teams that we work with very closely and hoping to do even more with them next year um big thank you to them for always supporting us you know obviously i get credentialed for both of those teams year round um you know so it goes without saying those two organizations mean a lot to us um so big thank you to them again for their their unbelievable uh just support and access for our show and, and continuing to support us and shout out buff and and notre dame for making me look smart once again otb is a hundred percent right we have a hundred percent right rightness you know like when we say something we're right we've predicted every champion since 2021 we just we just can't do it wrong we can't do Is it wrong. Good? Is that good? Is that Words good? Dane Smith. Is that good? So. Shout out to the shout out to the boys, the Buffalo boys. I was happy. Get it done, and uh, couldn't be happier, especially for our guys. And uh, can't wait to see them in Columbus. But before we get to Columbus, Deej, we got to talk to the people about our friends over at Kenwood. Beer. It's a refreshing light beer, just 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, 10 grams of carbs. They just did a brand new refresh on their logo that looks absolutely sick. I can't wait for their merch drop and all the new Kenny stuff to come out. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com and see US Kenwood on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can buy it at your local Philadelphia area liquor store, or if you're in Eastern PA, you can buy it at your local Whole Foods. Light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet. Must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Deed, shall we recap our weekend in Albany? It got off to uh, a bumpy start, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. Um, it, uh, it was, I see what it you did there. Run it back turbo to uh, 2021, to the date, as uh, New York restricted highways come into play once again and fuck up my car and give me a flat tire where I have to pay out of pocket and um, get towed and sit in my car while on the back of a tow truck, drive my car onto the back of a tow truck with a flat tire. Um, I, I told Deej, you know, because DJ obviously was not with me the first time it happened. That was the boy Harrison. Uh, Deej and I hadn't met yet because that was the weekend I ended up realizing DJ existed. Uh, yeah, but I told Deej he got jumped into OTB officially. <laughs> yeah, I've made, I've made it through all of the initiation processes at this point. I am a full OTB mem member now. You've been branded. <laughs> it, it stung the way, too. The way that we hit that whatever the hell happened, it felt like we got branded. <laughs> And and I, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna do this to the people just to let them know how awful of a passenger I am to you. Truly, I am always sleeping when we're in the car. When we're on these long drives, I am knocked out. I was I sleeping 
and I heard doo -doo 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 -doo, and I was like, oh the the one thing like, of of that happening was you were snoring. So uh, the fact that it oh, woke I was, you up. I was sleep zopped. sleep, bro. I was and sleep sleep. The fact that, that that happened, that was like the one little bit where I was like, this fucking sucks. But we live. <laughs> he pulls over, of course, and he's like, How bad how bad is it? <laughs> and I get out, I look at the back tire, and I'm like, Okay. We can I make was it shocked the that. back tire didn't have anything wrong with it. Yeah, no, absolutely nothing wrong. And then I looked at the front and I said, Oh <laughs> I was like, that thing blown. <laughs> He's like, great. And proceeded to call the police and have that whole ordeal go down. It was uh, it was scary for me because I had absolutely no clue what happened because I was sleeping. Yeah, and if you're a new listener of the pod and don't know the original story back in 2021, just go search uh, the episode where Ryan Tarafanko was on um, because that's when this occurred back in 2021. Oddly enough, just driving to Boston and not Albany. Um, but if you are driving in New York and you happen to uh, get a flat tire or, or break down on a restricted highway in New York, you have to call 911 and they have to send their people out and then they have to make you pay out of pocket for said assistance. Uh, so even if you had roadside assistance, you wouldn't be able to use it. It's an absolute joke. It's archaic. And um, the the state of New York, I, I just have blood-boiling feuds with them over some of this stuff, and restricted highways is at the top of the list. Um, so $500 later, everybody, because it was $300 for me to get towed, to um, no free shout outs, but shout out Walmart. Um, and then $127 for me to get my tire replaced and put back on. Uh, but then we ultimately made it to Albany, safe and sound, and um, ran to the boy, Mike Rabel, uh, in the, the bar down lounge, the beer garden, which if you are going to a PLL weekend, and I got to witness the, the bar down lounge at the Champ Series and see it now in Albany, it is the best deal. Like, if you are 21 and older and want to have a good time with the homies, with your significant other, whatever it may be, highly, highly recommend just buying tickets for the Bar Down Lounge. Because or go, a <clears throat> or go solo and meet other people because there's that tons too. of people just having a good time in there. Like, it's not a bad deal for anyone who's over the age and likes to drink. Or if you don't like so to drink, they had water too. But yep. it's, it's definitely That's me. That's me. If you worth it. Me. And it's such a fun view. Like, you're right behind the goal. I don't know how it'll be at different venues and everything, but in Albany, you were right behind the goal, uh, right underneath that iconic scoreboard in Albany. And um, the, the Bar Down Lounge is A1 type of, of place to catch a PLL game this year. So highly recommend. Um, it's affordable court side or affordable yeah. field side, you know? 100%. And like, – uh, Albany is, is just an awesome venue. I love going to Albany every year. Um, and then the, the homie Mike Rabel invited us to President's Row. Yeah. got to sit. You want to talk about courtside? We got to sit 50-yard line courtside um, 
which was so generous and, and very thankful to Mike for even inviting us. He felt terrible about everything that occurred uh, with the, the tire situation. Um, and we were super late and didn't have a seat in the press box. Yeah, uh, which can't blame us. That, that's right. You know, shit happens. And every beat writer was there, which was very cool to meet all of them, too. Um, yep. which we'll be trying to get most of them on, if not all of them on, throughout the year as well. Um, but we got to sit in President's Row for the entire Archers-Cannons game, and it was myself, it was DJ, and it was Mike and Paul Rabel. And when I tell you guys that it was like one of those like holy shit moments for the pod, it was one of those holy shit moments for the pod because like, one, Mike didn't have to do that for us, but he did. So, again, super thankful. Um, and second, like, to be sitting with those two guys in what is effectively, like, corporate VIP section, and it's just the four of us taking in this new-look Archers team, this new Cannon squad at the 50-yard line was just unbelievable. It's an experience that I, I truly won't ever forget. Um even though it was a regular season game, like it was so awesome um, to just take in talk shop with Mike and Paul about just like the way that both teams got I mean, constructed in the off season. And, and we were literally just shooting vibe. the shit. It was unreal. We were literally just shooting the shit from, it was from unreal. college stuff to jerseys, to how the teams were looking to coaches, to everything again it so was like just coaches decisions like on like yeah who was like they were just talking to us like it was casual like i mean it, it was, it was. Awesome. it was it was awesome like like we felt like i truly felt like we were just like it was if you would have put mics in front of us it was a podcast and it was almost just like you were sitting down at the bar talking with the homies that's yeah. truly what it was and the fact that we got that experience with paul and mike was unreal um so shout out to them big thank you to them um uh shout out you know hunter <laughs> colin nico they know who they are <laughs> um fans, I'll, I'll i pretty much have fans it was, it's crazy i'll tell the story um last year at albany i wanted to try this cherry garcia ben and jerry's that this man kb was swooning over goaded so I'm standing in line with these kids waiting to get some Ben and Jerry's and they're like asking us questions and talking to us, trying to trade us like all kinds of stuff for hats and chains. And, and we're, we're like trying to trade me rubber band type, break, like live strong type PLL bracelets for my chains right here that I wear like, 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 every day of my life. Like these like, Johns right here. That is not an equal trade. <laughs> Sorry. Like I have and, Cuban link like wrist chains that I wear that match my my necklace chains. I'm not giving them to you. Like that's just not going to happen. It was crazy. And you know, so we're talking about, about the pod and everything. They follow us on Instagram and stuff. And then we're sitting there, President's Row, and all of a sudden I hear DJ, DJ. <laughs> This is after we're in Philly for college championship and somebody yells out a window, DJ! <laughs> Getting recognized in every city across America. Hey, I'm famous. What can I say? We're about to make a map <laughs> in the studio and just put, like, thumbtacks every city you get recognized in. Well, right <laughs> now we're Kalamazoo, at... Kalamazoo, Michigan. Right now we're at Salt Lake, Detroit, <laughs> Philadelphia, and now Albany. 
Um, but yeah, so like I hear them call my name like three or four times when I look over and they're like, yo, come here, come here, come here. And I'm like, I was so confused. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm <laughs> I like one. I was like confused at first. I'm like, dude, no, like I'm, I'm watching the game. Like in my I'm, head, I'm sitting president's row. Way, like, I was gonna say, the way that I interpreted it for you is like, do you not see who I'm fucking sitting with right now? Yeah, I'm trying to get a vibe with the boys. <laughs> And then I'm like, and then they they text me, uh, they DM me on Instagram. They're like, "Yo, come over here, man! Like, come over here!" I'm like, "What?" And then they scream at me like, "We followed you on Instagram! Like, look!" <laughs> and then they were like, "Do you not remember remember us from Ben and Jerry's last year?" And then I looked at KB and I went, "Oh, I truly it's did not the kids remember them." From- I I it, that made it it clicked in my head and I was like, "Oh, these kids were at Ben and Jerry's when we were waiting in line." They were trying to trade us stuff, and then they were like, "We're gonna be back here next year," <laughs> and then they were. And was, they, great. you know, I went over there and talked to him for a bit, and then we came back Sunday, and we ran into him outside of the Ben and Jerry's line. <laughs> it was just so funny, like full it's circle ridiculous. moment. Shout out to the boys. I talked to them about like the you know their spring ball and stuff. Keep balling and, and exciting to not only have fans myself, but for them to continue being fans of the PLL. And coming back and and giving the league what it needs is is that support. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, we were we were watching the first game on on your phone on our way up, and uh, you know, Redwoods get that big dub. They win thirteen twelve as uh, the boy Ryder Garnsey, who I I do have some information here, Deej, to announce to the people. And I think I think it's only fair, but we will give our votes. Uh, Ryder Garnsey has won the the inaugural fan vote uh, for Backpack Boy of the Week. Uh, we are going to be doing a Backpack Boy of the Week poll every single week um, as we kind of crown not exactly your player of the week, but the player that put their respective team on their back and helped carry them to victory. Ryder obviously has the sock trick. He gets the fan vote. Uh, for Backpack Boy of the Week. Deej, is that also your vote for Backpack Boy of the Week for everybody that we included, which was Ryder Garnsey, Dane Smith, obviously winning NLL Finals MVP. Uh, we also included Mike Sisselberger, who won 80% of his face-offs as a rookie. Absurd. We'll talk about him in a minute. And then the boy, the game winner, the, the silencing of the broadcast, the number one Cross Ferrara podcast on the planet, Cross Ferrara, also nominated for Backpack Boy of the Week. But is Ryder your guy? This is so tough for me, and I'm about to break this down for everyone on why I'm going to make a spur decision as soon as I'm done breaking it down, and I'm just going to run with it. Starting at the top, Ryder is the man. It's my boy. He plays Woods, has been solid. Went for a sock trick. Some of his goals, friend of the pod, and some of his goals were just stupid. And also, he was going against Xander Dixon, who was also just making stupid goals. Like, it was just such a fun game to watch. Uh, That makes it so tough to not choose him, possibly. Um, And then next on the list is Dane, who is a homie, friend of the pod, guy we've talked to a tons of times. He's just phenomenal at everything he does. And he literally scored, what, double-digit points in in three games? I think he had, what, 16, 17 points in those three games? And, like, I mean, that's literally putting the team 
pretty much on your back. And he finally gets over the hump and wins a championship. And, like, it's just perfect, you know, for what, for what he needs. Yeah. Like, why not cap it off with the backpack boy of the week? But then you got Sisselberger, who I talk all the time about how special teams are what really win you games. And to come in as a rookie against Bones Kelly, regardless of what kind of, like, things he's had going on recently, like, he's still a very good faceoff guy so that has – yeah, that still has the veteranism in him to, like, be good, came in and just wiped him off the face of the earth. 24 for 30, couple goal or couple points, goal and assist. Like, that's that's ludicrous as a, as a rookie first game. Just, just, just crazy. And then the last, the last, the boy Cross Ferreira, another rookie, two goals, two assists, gets a spot off of what people thought was – a fluke with Dylan Malloy. taking that shot. And yeah, the, you know, you got that being said about you. People are saying that Malloy should have played even though he went to the wedding and all this other stuff. Like, he took advantage of his opportunity and he just, he made it stick. And he, and he looked good. He felt confident and he didn't seem like a rookie when he was in the press conference either. But now that I'm thinking about it, I have made my decision and I know exactly who it is I'm going to take. And I have to, by loyalty, go with this guy. Because D3 ball is forever. Cross, baby, cross forever. I have to. As a D3 product myself, D3 ball is forever. And he's continuing to put on for D3 like some of the other guys out there, you know, Witcher, uh, Max Wayne, et cetera. Uh, who was that, that Atari too, that I was just thinking of? Man, left my head. That's okay though. D three guys run the world. I I love it. We are obviously the number one cross for our podcast on the planet. Um, but I did vote for somebody else. Opposite of the fans, opposite of you. As much as it hurt, because it is tough. And I I debated, but when you go out and perform the way you do, like this guy does, and you cap it off with a championship and a finals MVP. It's tough not to give the backpack boy of the week to an OG backpack boy. So I had to give my vote to Dane Smith because it's tough to compete with a championship. Obviously, it's a little bit of an anomaly here because the other three guys weren't playing for a championship. But Dane, you know, when his number was called, he stepped up in game three, gets the finals MVP, gets the city of Buffalo over the hump. Got to give it to the boy Dane Smith. So the fans take Ryder. Deej has cross. I have Dane. That's no slight of Mike Sisselberger either because he was a dog. And I want him on this podcast as much as he wants to because he was so fun to talk to in the press conference. Um, so there's the Backpack Boy of the Week. If anybody wants to sponsor the Backpack Boy of the Week, uh, hit our DMs because that's going to be a recurring segment on this show. Uh, but the Woods win 13-12 on the back of Ryder Garnsey was phenomenal. Uh, Westberg being back in a Woods uniform was great. Xander Dixon looked phenomenal for, for Atlas. Um, TD did his thing at the stripe against Trevor, which was impressive. And um, the Woods able to hold on. And I think the only complaint you and I both have, and I think uh, when we ran into him, Matt St. Laurent also had, was RP3 not shooting the ball at the end of the game because people made a good point. If RP3 shoots that two, 
where he had the open shot. They're tied for first place instead of in second place because everybody's got to remember score differential matters in the PLL. That happens. The Woods win by three, and uh, they're tied with the Archers rather than in second place with a, a goal differential of one. I think that's the only complaint I have from that game. Atlas are still going to be very, very good. They picked up Steven Reefus in the, uh, the the dropping from Cannons. They subtracted Cade Van Raphorst, which was a, a big-time shocker for a lot of people. Um, but Atlas are still going to be a very, very good team. They got theirs. Jeff Teat did his thing. Eric All did his thing. Xander Dixon's going to be a pest for so many teams in the best way of defining a pest. Um and I think, you know, Mike Pressler kind of got his welcome to the league. You know, it's not going to be easy to win in the PLL. And I think these newer coaches with Holman and with Pressler, I think it's kind of good that they lost their first game. And it's, it's always tough to lose, but I think that's good for them to kind of be like, it, it's not easy to win. And, and you've got to earn these wins. Um, so we'll see what happens as, as Atlas uh, take on Whip Snakes and look for their first regular season win against the Whips in franchise history in Charlotte. Um, but the game we were on President's Row for, Archers-Cannons, both of those teams are going to be so much fun. The Archers, oh, yeah. we told you, we tried to tell you, the bows are up. They they look fucking nominal. Mac O'Keefe. In this offense, Chris Bates, good grief, good night. He is going to unlock a new level of his game. Grant, obviously, you know, got a little banged up towards the end. I think he's going to be fine. Um, but this Archers team, if you want to enjoy fun, like we said, br you know, bringing in the season, the Archers, in my book, are what Chrome were last year. They are going to bring so much fun, intensity, like newness to the PLL this year with how they're operating. And, I mean, come on, Connor Fields hit the four-button goddamn combo on the people. That was unbelievable. Like, uh, uh, such a fun game. I think Archer's Cannons, whenever they play, is going to be must-see TV. Yeah, I mean, and really just Archer's. Archer's are a must-see team this year. And – this may sound biased and kind of off-putting to some of the talent that's around, but it's really because they moved Connor Fields back down after their moves at attack elsewhere. Like, he is so much more comfortable playing down at attack versus playing midfield. Like, it, he did phenomenal up at midfield because he got a lot of short-stick matchups and he could mm -hmm. still beat the LSM because he used to dodging a pole but he's played down at attack for so long in his life that he's just comfortable there. He's, and he just does what he does the very best when he's down there. So that move and that, and for that to be a lasting move, that's something I asked coach Bates in press conference after the game. And that's a, that's seems to be the move for the year. Um, so this Archer's offense is going to be very, very exciting. And they did it without challenge Rogers. Yeah. They did it without yep. Challen Rogers. Just imagine when Challen's back in the lineup. Warren Jeffrey's going to be back on this defense this week, and Challen is still out. This team's not even complete yet, and they look that fun. Yeah. Gear up. It's, Gear up. 
it's going to be crazy. So much fun. And now they have that missing Infinity Stone in Mike Sisselberg. But what I will say is... This coming week. But man, he, he just looks the part both on and off the field. Like, he just looks so comfortable going up against Bones Kelly. And like you said, sure, it's Bones Kelly. He's still a very, you know... Because they're playing Chrome, right? Yeah, so he's going to get Connor Farrell, which is going to be a fun matchup. Just I think he has to he has to get to Connor quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If he lets Connor find a groove, he's he's going to lose it, and it's going to be quick. But and like Sis just he just looks the part of a PLL faceoff guy, and I think he's going to be extremely successful in this league for a decade plus. Barring injury, Woods, Archers. Final? Way too early. Way too early championship matchup. I don't know if I'm there yet. I can call it right now. Our defense hasn't really taken a step back. They were good last year once Arden I'm just was saying able in to general, find this this weekend was so fun and like there was so much like diversification of, of how teams looked. It, oh yeah. This this might be the most parody. But I'm I'm all, I'm I'm just looking at this weekend and then thinking ahead of co like looking at the coaching staff is how and, and how they approach the game and the adjustments they're gonna make as these teams start to dial in. You got those are probably no no slight. Those are probably the two best coaching staffs right now as well. With how they're constructed, with who the you look at the personalities and then what they're good at and how they build. Because like that's how the Woods went and built their team. We had I, I can't remember who was the D before Chris Collins, but Chris Collins is there now. He's brought the D where they should be. Jack there, Kelly's playing phenomenal in that. Yeah, but I can't say his name. I can't. And then Nat's always been there, so he's got his whole groove thing going. And now that they have John Grant Jr., the offense has exploded. Like, even though they didn't score a ton of goals and there were times where the offense was like, huh? Most of the time, the Redwoods offense had a lot of spark to it, a lot of movement. The ball was moving. Shots were getting off. These were all things we constantly complained about for the last two years. Didn't I don't think we I don't think we complained about ball movement or body movement one time, even though we were watching on on screen. I don't think we complained about it at all. We didn't complain about the shot volume at all. So, like, you know, they've constructed this team in a way that it's almost championship robust this year. And I think the archers are kind of in the the archers are kind of in that same mode. And they're also like, but they're both extremely healthy coming into the year. So, they already knew what their lineup was. Like there wasn't a lot of rookie stuff going on. Like, oh, who's going to play here? Who's going to play there? They're pretty much running it back from last year. So they just got to get the dialed. Archers and kind then... of hit a reset button, like a soft reset on their championship or bust uh, mindset, just because of oh, no, older guys leaving and a couple guys retiring. They're still. You look at their roster. They are still Whoa. crazy young. Well, when I say championship or bust, it's just like they think they think they're 
the champion. Like they think they're good enough to play in a championship and they should they're be good winning enough one. too. I just don't think it's like as like well, n- like it's not like, like oh tunnel like tunnel vision gonna... like it was the past couple of years. But yeah, they're not gonna blow it up at the end of the year or anything, but like they have serious championship aspirations and I feel like they feel like anything under that this year is not good enough. They should at least be playing in the championship game. And I feel like the Redwoods think the same way. Like, especially the Redwoods. They're kind of at that point where it's like, we've Redwoods had this team way more for tunnel vision. Like, oh, yeah. Pushed, we've had this team pushed for all their chips in the middle of the table. And yeah. We've had this we're team talking for like three this years. Week one, too. I mean, we've had this team for three years as Redwoods and, and Redwoods fans. So it's like, if it does not work this year, we have to take a different direction. Like, we just have to. It, there's so, no other way to go about it unless we want to just be that mediocre team that does the same thing over and over every year and doesn't change. That's not what I want to be. I hope that's not what anyone wants to be. Let's let's finish with Archer's Cannons because we still got two other games to break down. Um, from the Cannon side of things, Ryan Drenner's going to have a phenomenal year, like I said, on the pre-season uh, pod. He had a hat trick, which I think is his best start to a season since he was a whip snake, which a lot of people forget he was on the whip snakes. Um, he looks great in, in this offense for Coach Holman. Asher Nolting looked great. And, you know, th- there's gonna like I said, there's going to be bumps and bruises for this Cannons team across the board this season. Uh, just, you know, it, it's tough to go into a year where half your team is retained and half your team is bought in free agency. There's going to be a lot of, of growing pains, and, and I think they know that and they understand that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch them you know, learn from this this loss and, and see how they bounce back. They play a chaos team this coming week in Charlotte, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, but I, I think they're, they're going to be fun. I don't know if they're going to be good record-wise, uh, but they're going to be fun to watch and a lot more fun than they were last year. Um, just as a team type of, of collective and the way that this team is assembled this year. We got the championship rematch on Sunday. The Dogs breaking out the blackout unis. I was a big fan of those. I think they are one of, if not, you know, they're, they're a top-tier new rebranded jersey. I hope they wear them more than just this opening weekend as well because they look great in them. Um, they win in overtime against Chaos 8-7. Low-scoring game, sloppy game, defensive game. Connor Kelly now tied for first all-time in overtime game-winning goals with the boy Matt Rambo. They are the only two in PLL history with two overtime winners, I believe. Everyone else has won. Um, so shout-out to CK Fody. The C stands for clutch. Um, they changed no, there was, on the PLL. There, there I might think have been was, one other person with two. There was like one or two other people. But There's then everybody else. guys tied with one. There, there were three. There were three people with two and then 14 guys tied with one. Okay, yeah. Apologies to whoever the other player was. I can't think of it off the top. I can see the tweet in my yep. brain right now. I literally can um, see it in my brain. I'll see if I can find it. But Connor Kelly with the clutch gene stepping up for for the dogs i know both teams were not thrilled with how they played across the board i think they're gonna learn from it um but it was matt rambo and ryan drenner duh i should have known that because that was year one of the pll when drenner was hitting overtime winners when the whip snakes just played in overtime and they had an overtime finish 
Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, Connor Kelly doing the damn thing, hitting the two bomb as well and continuing that trend where he's, you know, one of the better two point shooters in the league, uh, in terms of conversion. And, um, you know, both of these teams not at full strength either. So we'll see them at full strength as the season progresses. Um, but I mean, who doesn't love an overtime game? Free lacrosse was fun. And, uh, I think Water Dogs and Chaos butting into a, a fun rivalry is uh, a nice little wrinkle for the PLL as a whole. And then the final game was uh, was a doozy. Chrome, Whip Snakes. First time the Whip Snakes have ever lost on opening weekend in franchise history as uh, they lose to the boy, Cross Ferrara, who starts because Dylan Malloy had a wedding to go to. And the coaching staff didn't want all the traveling back and forth. Didn't feel like it was a competitive advantage. Cheers to the happy couple because Cross Ferrara gets his moment on opening weekend. Scores the game winner with 12 seconds on the clock as Kark saying, you don't want Cross Ferrara taking that shot as he buries it in Kyle Burnlore's net. And uh, this Chrome team picking up right where they left off in the champ series, picking up right where they left off at the end of last year outside of the playoff uh, snafu that they had against Chaos. Justin Anderson looks phenomenal. Like I said, you're welcome to everybody who who needed that information. JA21 is going to be a dog this year uh, for this Chrome team. And Chrome are going to be so much fun, man. Like they, they You want to talk about a team that's like ready to take the next step. Like, they took a leap last year, and then the Champ Series, they win. They're ready to be in Philadelphia. Like, that's a team that is built to win and uh, couldn't be happier for Sudo as he's kind of taken the reins of this team since he he took over in 2020 and, and really built a championship contender. This team is so much fun to watch. They're so smooth across the board, and um, – they, they just look poised to, to be a team that potentially in September you're seeing at Subaru Park. Obviously, it's week one, but they look like they, they picked up right where they left off in February at the Champ Series. Oh, absolutely. They looked really good. They were flying around out there. Uh, they looked like they were having fun, and they enjoyed being around each other, which is a big part of this, especially after training camp. Um, Coach Sudo seemed to be having a good time as well. Um, and the energy was popping really from both sides. Like that was a really just fun game to be around. You could see the energy from both sides. Whips didn't necessarily get what they were expecting, but uh, a lot of their rookies played well. Tucker Dordovic, Garrett Ledman, uh, Petey LaSala did de- uh, pretty decent at the stripe. Um, they wanted they wanted fifty percent out of them. Every face-off guy went fifty percent or better at the stripe. Also, gotta give yeah. gotta give flowers to your boy. Oh, love my boy Nick. I picked him up in fantasy this week. I picked him up in fantasy for week two, mostly because he's going against Bones Kelly. He's struggling right now and has been struggling the past few seasons. Um, So I think he's going to have another great game. And also, the Cannons can't seem to crack chaos either. That's another issue they have. Cheers Um, to the rookies, man. So I'm excited to see the rookies continue. They're going to continue to do well. I mean – LaSala's got an uphill battle this week, but it'll be fun to see kind of how he does with Trevor. Mm-hmm. And then Sisselberger's an immediate star, and Nick Rowlett is just a hard if, if you know that, if, if you know, you know. 
I won't even get into that. He's just a hard no. If you know, you know. Will Manny looked good in his Whip Snakes debut, scored a couple of goals. Um, still looks weird in that jersey. He will always look weird to me in that jersey. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Um, but I saw the, the PLL graphic, and it begs the question. We'll have to ask Diggs. <laughs> Are the new bunk bed boys Manny and Channy? Because that just flows. <laughs> the Manny and Channy connection. They look so comfortable and obviously picking up where they they – left off all those years ago in high school um so they have that built-in chemistry there um whips kind of just looked a little slow at times and obviously that's going to come when you have a bunch of new pieces and this is the first time that stags has had so many new pieces on his team to start a season zed's back in the lineup this week so we'll see how that changes things on the offensive side of things um but i mean the Whips are still going to be a very, very pesky team. They're going to they're going to win games. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I think it's just a matter of just getting the chemistry right. And and Stags talked about it. Some of the shots that that Tucker took, he wishes he wouldn't have taken. And he talked to him about that. And I think that's just a, a rookie thing where you know that's going to happen. But Tucker looked great. Will looked good in a Whips uni uh, production wise. And um, We'll see what happens with this Whipsnakes team. You know, they're 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 such a a fascinating team year in and year out, and for them to suffer their first loss on opening weekend in franchise history this year uh, was was pretty impressive to to these Chrome boys. So we'll see how things balance out um, there. And I do have to say, some of the jerseys. I'll, I'll say this about the jerseys in person. Last thing on Albany, other than Albany, was fantastic yet again. The jerseys are broadcaster friendly. Very. They, if you are, if you have ever done sports broadcasting, like Deej and myself do, you love seeing the backs of these jerseys because the numbers and the names are very bold. They're in your face and they're easy to read. Some of the jerseys look better on the players in person than they do in photos. Some of them still kind of iffy on. Um, Chrome looks great in person. The black water dogs look great in person. Um, still kind of meh on the chaos that we saw. Um, I can't wait to see the red ones. Um, trying to think. We, we didn't get a chance to see Atlas and Woods in person on the guys because that was the one game we missed. Archers look good on the guys in person. Uh, my only gripe was that I wish the numbers were outlined or like a little bit of drop shadow on them. But other than that, they look good on the boys. Um Cannons were still kind of eh, and whips were still kind of eh, um, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's a it's a it's a work in progress, I think. Yeah, I think it'll get better over the years, and it's it's tough to rebrand after people really like stuff. And obviously, lacrosse fans have never been easy on anyone for anything, so. It's going to get tough backlash. I don't think it's really anything that people should harp on. A lot of people, I feel, will change their mind when they see them in person, if they ever see them in person. Um, but I think the players like them. The coaches seem to be okay with them. Front office likes them. So I guess we got to deal with it, at least for the year. Maybe things change at the end of the year, which they normally do. Teams seem, seem to change their jersey almost every year. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe they they listen to the feedback that we put out and we see some changes or we're just going to have to suck it up again for a year. Like, I don't 
think it's terrible at all. Yeah. Except there's some minor things that could be changed, but hit I our thought lines, the Jersey champion. Looked... Hit our lines. Right. Um... And and I thought they looked fine in person, really, across the board. They were even even like cannons, I thought looked a little bit better. Like I but I like I mentioned, I was like, it's just weird to me because we went like PLL decided to go away with putting numbers on the front. Right. So for them to bring it back, it was just like a weird look. And I was like, if you take the number off, like I imagined like the number wasn't there. And I was like, it looks really clean with no number. I would love it if there was no number on the front, but the front number just makes it look awkward. And it might even grow on me because like a lot of lacrosse jerseys have the number on the front. Like that's not an uncommon thing. It just not used to it in PLL. So it may grow on me and end up being an all right jersey. Um, before we get into our Charlotte preview, it's going to be brought to you by our big up to something announcement. If you or somebody, you know, lives in the Columbus, Ohio area, we need you to buy tickets to PLL Columbus. In particular, this is not limiting yourself. If you want to go Friday, go Friday because we will be there Friday as well. It is the Saturday games. We were made privy to some information that the Saturday games are being ticketed separately. So you have to buy tickets for both games if you want to attend both games. Here's the thing. Buy tickets to both games. You get to stay in the stadium, I believe, for both games then. And you'll get to come to the Premier Zone because we are doing the very first OTB Live Outside the Box podcast live from the Columbus Premier Zone, Saturday, June 17th. Time to be determined. We will let you guys know on the socials. That's why you must follow us on social media. We will keep you up to date for as as up to the second as possible with all the information. Um, Columbus Premier Zone, Saturday, June 17th. It's going to happen in between the two games. We know that for a fact. Um, Buy tickets to both games. We want columbus to sell out as close to if not as possible and we want everybody and their moms and their dads in the premiere zone in between the games at otb live because we are lining up some awesome guests we're lining up some awesome fun that's going to go down in the premiere zone we're going to invite you the listener on the show with us this is a very rare instance we've never had fans on the show before so Columbus, Ohio, you're getting the first crack at OTB Live. This is the very first live edition of the podcast we have ever done. I'm super excited. I've done a few live podcasts for Underground Sports Philadelphia in the past. I am juiced for this opportunity. Can't thank Mike Rabel, Grace Hamilton enough. They've been collaborating with us nonstop to make sure that this goes off without a cinch. Deej OTB Live is happening. Yeah, bro. I'm excited. It's uh, something we've been talking about for a little bit. And, you know, we're trying to figure out how to put it in motion. And it was made very simple for us by, you know, the people who have been helping us. So a big shout out, you know, Mike Grace and, and the rest of the behind behind the scenes hands on this. Um, but I'm excited, man. Live pods are awesome. And getting the fans on is going to be fun. It's going to boost, you know, the YouTube and everything else we're doing here. It's just like another one of those 
like, oh shit moments. Like this is really happening. Like this is something we've been working toward for, for a long time. And it's kind of almost like a status thing. Like you, not everybody can do this. So it's like one of those, like, I don't want to brag or like pat myself on the back, but I do need to, it's like, I got to acknowledge what I've done and the work that we've been putting in. And it's just going to be exciting to be out, keep people around, keep people entertained, give them an insight on our world at a closer, you know, stature and then get them on to see what funny things they have to say. Because fans are hilarious people. Yeah. And I mean, the, the more support that this one gets, the more likely it is that we're able to do this in the future, potentially later on this season at other venues in other cities. I would love nothing more than to be able to do this in my city, in Philadelphia at championship weekend. Um, we're working on some fun stuff. Obviously, Deej is a Michigan man. We're going to be in Ohio at Ohio State, so it's going to be very, very fun there. And um, I, I can't wait for this. Like, I, I stay up at night in the best way possible just thinking about how fun this live pod's going to be, especially seeing the Rise Up boys do it in Philly last year um, and just how absolutely chaotic in the best way possible that that was. Um, I want us to bring the juice, make it an 11 out of 10, and – really showcase what we can do to just, you know, hit different demographics for the PLL and put our content out there for a city that means a lot to me, means a lot to this pod um, in terms of DJ and I were in Columbus for 2019 without knowing each other. Um, Columbus is a, another home for me for a lot of just personal reasons um, with a lot of friends and, and close family friends that live there. So if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, you haven't already go buy your tickets go to the pll's website buy your tickets for columbus weekend for the saturday you have to buy tickets for both games because the t the games are being ticketed separately if you get them you'll be able to be in the premiere zone for otb live the very first of its kind and we're going to record it so it'll be on youtube for the people who aren't in the columbus area but if you are, we want to see you there. And we want to have you on the pod. OTB Live, Columbus, Ohio, Saturday, June 17th from the Premier Zone. Deej, let's get into Charlotte. Bang through the Charlotte preview. It is going to be a doozy of a weekend. We've got Friday Night Lacrosse. Chrome Archers kick us off at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Then we go Dogs Woods at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Both of those games on ESPN Plus. And then on Saturday, June 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the rivalry that never was Whip Snakes Atlas on ABC. And then ESPN Plus at 5 30 p.m., we get Chaos Cannons. Lots of fun storylines. Obviously, the rivalry that never was. Woods have knock on wood for all the Woods fans, never lost to the Dogs. This is going to be a fun test for that type of matchup there chrome archers is going to be a movie the way those two teams are playing and i think that could be the game of the weekend um i mean friday is is a battle of all the one and oh teams some you know we're only going to leave this weekend with two teams being undefeated 
um, and we'll know by the end of Friday night who those two teams are. I think this is a great weekend to follow up opening weekend. Charlotte has always shown out since they've been put back on the PLL map. Shout out to the boy Michael Harrison and the Hound Legion and everybody that's going to be in Charlotte. Show out. Make Charlotte a movie. Shout out to Poolskis as well. Um, I'm looking forward to all of these games. These games are, are super fun to be week two on the schedule. And somehow it fell this way, but this means we're going to have two two and oh, two two and oh teams, two zero oh and two teams, and four one and one teams, yep. which is a crazy way to start the year. But it also shows the parity in the league and how similar everybody is. Um, and I mean, it's so hard to crack a roster as well. That's going to factor into this. But it's going to be an exciting weekend. There's some moving pieces around, but these are eight great squads going out to battle again after, you know, going out and giving it all in week one in Albany. Um, I'm just excited, though. There's some some very good matchups. Like you said, we have the the everlasting argument between Water Dogs and Redwoods being a, a rivalry or not. Um, Cannon or Chrome Archers, like you said, could possibly be the best game of the weekend. Whips Atlas, they've been pushing that one for a while as well as possibly so being one. something. But I think it's kind of hard now. Like you, you had the help of having Nards and TD. With no Nards, it's going to be or Nards and Trevor. Nards and Trevor. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be a little hard with no Nards there. Um, Matt Rambo has another wrinkle is is Justin Gutterding is now on Atlas, but he's not even suiting up right now. Right. And Rambo hasn't necessarily played well. Zed is just now getting back. So that's kind of falling apart as well. But then there's really nothing there with chaos and cannons, but there's some nice, you know, it'll be fun to watch um, because cannons have a lot to prove still. And, you know, Kavanaugh said that himself, you know. And then the Bandit Boys are back, and they have to get in the groove. and Or maybe they're fresh off a of groove and are ready to just ball again because they won. So there's a lot of question marks around the rest of the league. The only game that's, like, kind of solidified and we know where we're going to get is the, is the nightcap on Friday between the Water Dogs and Redwoods. We kind of know the storyline going into that one. It's And the Redwoods are getting some new pieces in that game, too. Ryan Lee and right. Eli McLaughlin are back. Yep, and it's like, are the Redwoods going to continue to strive the way they have been, or is the Water Dog? Are the Water Dogs finally going to be able to crack that code and beat the Redwoods for the first time since the Water Dogs have been a program? Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. Looking forward to it on YouTube. Comment your matchup of the weekend. We want to see what you guys are looking forward to the most. But Deej, I think that brings us to the Pick Pond. Yep. Feed some ducks. And it is the PLL Charlotte Picks of the Week powered by Trophy Smack. Guys, there's no better way to upgrade your fantasy smack talk than with our friends at Trophy Smack. They've got belts, metal wall art called Wall Smack. Trophies, rings, last place trophies, you name it. If you're not playing PLL Fantasy on the PLL app, what are you doing? Go head to head with myself and Deej every single week we don't have a group but you can join and play against us like a whole bunch of our listeners and friends are 
So download the app, obviously, and go to trophysmack.com slash underground and upgrade your fantasy smack talk today. That's trophysmack.com slash underground to upgrade your fantasy smack talk. Deej, we went 4-0 last week in our picks. A rare instance. We completely reversed last year, starting 0-4. We start off 4-0. Went perfect in our picks. We'll see if we can continue that trend as we go into this week. Chrome and Archers in what I think is the most difficult matchup to pick this week. How do you see this one going down between the beauties and the bows? Um, I pick bows. I think Sisselberger is going to have, a, an, at the best, an okay day, like going like 50%-ish um, or a little bit better against Connor, uh, Connor Farrell. And then the offense is electric, even as good as this Chrome defense is and Scaloni plays. They're a pretty good offense, and they're getting Warren Jeffrey back to that already good defense. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game, but I think they pull it out after picking up Sisselberger, who really has neutralized the middle of the field for them. I'm going to go with our first opposite pick of the PLL season of 2023. I'm rocking them on the the dome, the chrome domes. Uh, They just looked so fluid and so in it. And not that I don't think he's not going to play, but obviously Grant got a little banged up towards the end of that game. Hopefully he's at 100% because I want to see him play at 100% as much as possible this year. Uh, But I'm going to go with Chrome uh, to get a big-time dub and and almost an early-season statement dub uh, for this team to just continue proving to to everybody that this team is not going anywhere and they are going to be forced to be reckoned with. Not that the Archers aren't. I just think Chrome have so much in their bag and – you know, they won last week against the Whips, and Logan Wisnowskis didn't even have his best game. He uh, kind of really underperformed last weekend uh, in terms of what we know Logan is capable of doing. Um, obviously, other guys stepped up, but I think Logan can have a big bounce-back game this week uh, for Chrome, and they're going to get another dub to start this season, which brings us to Water Dogs, Redwoods. I think the trend continues. I think the Redwoods get another win uh, against the Water Dogs. I, I love the way that you know the ball movement was for this Redwoods team in that game against Atlas. From everything we saw, just watching it on a phone, the Water Dogs offense looked a little choppy and look all the way back. Um, and I think the advantage at the stripe with TD there against Tucci Main is is really a, a big thing. No Tucci, they're no playing Tucci. Riley. So They're playing Riley. Even, even more so. No offense to, to Riley there, but uh, TED, I think, you know, gives you a huge advantage at the stripe. And, you know, adding in the new pieces that are familiar with your offensive coordinator is a big boost. So I'm going to go with the Woods. Yeah, I, I like trends. I like trends. Um, so I, I went kind of trendy, really, with my picks this week. Honestly, I, I went with the Redwoods as well, I think. For the most part, they have the Water Dogs number, and it's the way the Water Dogs play. It's very anti-wood. They like to push transition and then slow it down if there's nothing and take what you give them. Well, the Woods aren't really going to give you anything on defense. They're going to make you work for it. And then they're more of a slow it down on offense kind of team. So 
they play both of them play into each other's style but when you're when you're giving the woods offense time to slow down and play offense you're bound to lose because they have all the weapons they need to have so i think and and with jack kelly in that he's playing well with the defense in front of him so i, I like the woods that brings us to Saturday, 3 o'clock on ABC, the rivalry that never was. Whips, Atlas, Atlas looking for their first win in franchise history against the Whips. I don't know, Deej, just like you like trends, I like trends. I'm going to go with the Whips to get a almost upset win here. Um I like the way their offense performed. I think they have a, a still a stalwart defense. They picked up Brett Kennedy after Chaos released him. He's on the reserve roster this week, but I think that's a, a an interesting pickup to watch there to add him to this defensive unit uh, and have him learn from a bunch of these guys. Um, I'm going to go with the whips to, to get a, a massive upset win, and it's, it's rare that you say that a whips win is an upset. I mean, I'm going whips here, too. Like I said, trends. I went real trendy this week. Um, Atlas has to prove to me that they can beat the whips before I will ever say Well, before I will say it again. Because I'm pretty sure I said it last year. Um, but before I say it again, um, they have to prove that they, they can do that. And same thing with Water Dogs. Do I think the Water Dogs are a really good team? Yeah. Do I think they can beat anybody except the Woods? Yeah, because they have beat anybody except the Woods. So until they do it, I can't say they will. That's just, it, to me, insane. Uh, which brings us to the final game of the weekend. Chaos Cannons, are we on the same page of the Chaotic Bandits? Probably. Getting that dub? Yeah. And that's no slight to Cannons. I think this one also goes to, like, face-off stripe and goalie play. Gets is good, but he's not Blaze. And Bones has been struggling. And Nick Rowlett has come in and looked good and is – is a hard worker and we'll figure out how to make it work for him. Yeah, e. McKay back, Chase Frazier, Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, Kluch. The list goes on and on. Adds and they got a good rope uh, unit, honestly. Roster, but I think yeah, the rope I mean, unit is a little bit better for chaos than it is for cannons. And you know, this chaos defense is deep when Johnny Serdick's getting put on the reserve roster. So, uh, plus they've got the best goalie in my book. And I think in your book too, on the planet. So, uh, that gives the nod for me and Deej to chaos. So here are our picks of the week brought to you by trophy smack. Deej is going archers. I'm going Chrome. And then we both have redwoods. We both have whip snakes and we both have chaos. And those are our PLL Charlotte picks of the week brought to you by trophy smack. Deej, we got one more thing to run by the people. You're going to run us through the transfer portal real quick. Some of the highlights of guys in the portal, guys who have moved on to new schools, who may be staying at new schools. Uh, it's brought to you by our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Sunglasses, blue light glasses, everything in between, prescription lenses. You should be wearing them to protect your eyes, whether it's from the sun, from those blue light rays. Tomahawk Shades is the ones to do it. It's owned by Kyle Harrison and Chris Hogan. Ever heard of them? Two legends of the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com, and when you go to checkout, use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off at checkout. All right, so we're going to start with attack, and 
Uh, we'll definitely, as we go through this list, name everybody who's already committed somewhere. And um, for the people who haven't committed, we'll just hit the big names. And uh, we'll go through this list weekly as we get um, more commits. Uh, so starting with attack, Christian Ronda. He uh, played his ball at Princeton, was a 2024 grad as a senior. Um, and is coming to none other than the victors and, and going to look to make Michigan a little bit better next year at the attack spot if they possibly lose. Um, another big name on this list that I'll go ahead and say now, Josh Zawada. He's in the transfer portal. Doesn't know what he wants to do. Has talked to a few coaches. But I think what he's really waiting on is to see whether or not he gets into the program uh, of his choice at Michigan. And if he does, I think he's going to stay. Um, so that's one we'll definitely be keep, uh, keeping a look at. Devin McLean from Brown is going to the defending national champions in Notre Dame. Christian Mule from Lehigh is going to Syracuse. And Alex Slusher from Princeton is making his way to the runner-up in Duke. And those are really all the really big names um, for attack. Um, I guess we can throw out Richie uh, Richie Le Richie Le Clandra, excuse me, Richie Lacrandra. Look, oh my God, I'm done. I'm not saying again. Out of Ohio, out of Ohio State. Moving into midfield, we got some big, big names here, and a lot of these guys have already committed. Sam English is heading from Princeton over to Syracuse. Jake Stevens is along the same routes, going from Princeton to Syracuse. Harley Jordan from VMI to North Carolina. Uh, redshirt sophomore Gannon Matthews going from Cleveland State to Ohio State. Chase Yeager going from Harvard to Virginia. Uh, Eli Fisher, Wagner to Ohio State. Um, sad face, Bonamy, Jake Bonamy from my victors on his way to defending national champions Notre Dame. Uh, Brandon Hund, Townsend in, um, coming to the Big Ten for Rutgers. Lucas, Os Lucas Osborne coming over from Yale heading down to Jacksonville and playing for uh, John, uh, John Galloway. Matt Dolive from Rutgers heading out to Marquette. Emmanuel Brown from Jacksonville going to Lindenwood. Thomas Greenblatt from Binghamton making his way to Ohio State. And Bo uh, Peterson from Princeton heading on over to the victors of Michigan. Uh, is there anybody else on this list? I wanted to point out. Mm -hmm. No, there's nothing but nobody else for really. the midfield. Defense, Jacob Stobner is going from Princeton over to John Hopkins. Hank Bethel from Becknell to NJIT. Jackson Canfield from Vermont to Maryland. Maximus Chalet from Notre Dame to Jacksonville. And look out for Brendan Higgins. He's a DS, uh, D or LSM from Wagner. He's going to be a, a nice land for someone. The Manning brothers from Vermont will be nice lands wherever they decide to go. Um, those are a couple big names to look defensive-wise. Goalie, Nikki LeBlanca going from Sacred Heart to Binghamton. Danny Brady from Wagner to Ohio State. Griffin Rakauer from Princeton to Duke. Caleb Creaser from Lehigh to Marquette. Uh, Oren Galinas from Ohio State is up for grabs. And Chase Erland from Cornell is also up for grabs. Face-off, uh, Tommy Burke from Vermont to Ohio State. Um, 
Corbin Menard from Delaware to St. John's. Uh, Gavin Ty from Maryland is up for grabs. Uh, Matt Gunty from Brown is also available. Cole Emanuel from Marquette is, is a free man as well. Looking at LSM, uh, Nick Alvidi from Vermont going to Maryland, Matt Wright from North Carolina to Syracuse, and Remington Reynolds, uh, all-name team, uh, to Rutgers, um, or from Rutgers over to Loyola. Looking at our D2 and D3 transfers that are now going D1, there is a huge list of them already. James Dalamonte from, Mullen, from Mullenberg to Penn State, that's D3. Chris Crapanzano from Scranton, D3 to Albany. Uh, Harris Hubbard from Washington Lee, D3 to Rutgers. Nick Morgan from Hampton, Sydney, D3 to North Carolina. Anthony, Capu Anthony Caputo from Pace, D2 to Jacksonville. Uh, Dalton Hubs, Transylvania, D3 to Jacksonville. Joe Scarfi from St. Lawrence, D3 to Penn State. Seamus McCloskey from Dickinson, D3 to Jacksonville. Owen Temple from Washington College, D3 to Merrimack. Uh, Tanner Crumminacre. Oh, man, I don't even know if I said that right. What a name. Uh, from Amherst, D3 to Rutgers. Brock Gonzalez, Amherst, D3 to Duke. Anthony Caputo on here twice. Pace, D2 to Jacksonville. Trey uh, Arano, um, Western Connecticut State, D3 to Jacksonville. Chris Daramino, Lynchburg, D3 to Jacksonville, and Seamus Fagan, Hamilton, D3 to Rutgers. Rounding up the list so far of transfer portal, transfer portal guys at all three levels and where they are going. We got to make a transfer portal shirt. Something I like, like that. I entered the transfer portal and all I got was this t-shirt. It's like the Rick and Morty portal. That <laughs> is that hilarious. I'm here. Might for be it. on a shirt near you. Um at phiapparel.co code underground for ten percent off. Um that's all we got this week. If you're going to the games in Charlotte for the PLL, enjoy them. It's going to be a doozy of a time. Um and we will see you all in Columbus live from the Premier Zone and in Columbus for the PLL weekend. And I will be in Columbus for quite some time. Uh, I'm going to be in Ohio for like 12 days or something like that. So uh, if you're going to be in the Ohio area or know things about the Ohio area I should be doing, or if you know if you know the best place to sit at the Cincinnati Reds Stadium, hit my DMs because I'm going to the Reds game on the 23rd, I believe it is, of June, um, which I just found out is a post-game concert as well, Deech. Quinn XCII is performing post-game. Okay. So I'm pretty pumped about that. There you go. Um, but I'll be in Ohio a ton uh, starting next Thursday. Deej and I are going to RU Garbage on Thursday night. Can't wait. It's going to be a doozy. Um, enjoy Charlotte. Be sure to subscribe to the pod as well at OTB Lax Pod. And I need some help real quick under the YouTube. Drop the comments. I will be in Lebanon, Ohio. If you know anything about um, where to eat in the area, what to do, please let me know. I'll be there. Um, I'm going out 
leaving Kalamazoo at three o'clock tomorrow and I'll be there all weekend. Obviously I'm coaching Lax tournament, but I got to fill the time outside of that. Um, so if you know anything to do, please let me know. Um, and maybe I can, me and the, me and the coaches can get out and do a little something. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Hundo Thanks. P in the YouTube comment section or tweet at us at OTB Laxpod, Twitter, Instagram, DM us on Instagram. Shout out to TLN for the tag on Instagram too. We gained a buku amount of followers, uh, from that. So keep them coming. Um, but follow us at OTB Laxpod. That's where you're going to get up to the second information about OTB Live from Columbus. Um, so stay tuned for that info. As we get it, we will let you know on our socials. Follow DJ at SCS underscore next great on Twitter. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five-star review. It goes a long way for helping us continue to grow the show. Helps more live OTBs potentially happen in the future. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're trying to get to 600 subscribers before the end of June. You have 22 days, 21 by the time you're listening to this. To make that happen, we're at 511 right now, 89 more subscribers before the end of the month. Let's make that happen, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And this has been episode number 278 of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned, number nine NCAA ranked, viewable on YouTube and coming to you live in Columbus, Ohio, Outside the Box podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Also, shout out to the boy Nick for the fire-ass photo of the boys from President's Row. We'll be posting that on the socials as well. Uh, But for Deej, I'm KB. We'll see you all in Columbus, and we'll see you back here next week recapping everything from Charlotte. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here. Peace. Peace. And that's outside the box.